This is the Careers in Review podcast. We'll show you how to navigate the job market and career space like a pro. Starting now, here is your host, Ediana Rosen. Hello, career reviewers, and welcome back to a solo episode today about resume tips. Resume is one of the number one things I get questions on. The past three weeks, I've reviewed over 100 resumes, and here are the top three mistakes I've seen come over and over again. And the reason why I wanted to make this podcast episode is because sometimes I find myself very hesitant on creating videos and or content on these type of topics because I try to talk myself out of the fact that, oh, you know, these are basic things. I've repeated myself a few times. I think that everybody knows about this. But then I come across resumes and then I realize that maybe people do need to hear this a little bit more. And so I wanted to memorialize it a little by creating a long form content and be able to go into detail in these topics because there's so much that I can talk about on a 60 reel or a 30 second TikTok or even a super short post on LinkedIn. So I find myself talking to job seekers who submit these resumes to me. And my compassion comes in sometimes because I can understand how hard it is to hear all this conflicting information on the internet, specifically with social media nowadays and a lot of people who are giving you all of this, write objectives, don't write objectives. You have to make sure you help you put metrics on your bullet points, but not too many because you don't want to overwhelm the reader. Put your education on there. Don't put your education on there. Your education should be on the top. It should be in the bottom. Don't put your graduation date. You should put your graduation date. There's just so much conflicting information that I totally understand how overwhelming it can be. However, these points that I'm going to make today are very much universal on a lot of the industries that you can go for. And the reason for this is because I'm not going to speak to and say that I've talked to every single recruiter on the planet. But I have known that there's a consensus around there about the things that I'm going to highlight today. And I can almost guarantee that a lot of recruiters will agree to this because they just come across as very generic and does not really make you stand out as a candidate. And I know that standing out as a candidate just sounds such a cliche point of view, but without any further ado, let's just jump into it. The number one mistake that I continue to see are very me-centric objective statements on resumes. So for example, when you write something along the lines of seeking exciting opportunity in the XYZ industry where I can grow my XYZ skills, the reason why that's not helpful for the person receiving or reading your resume is because they understand that The reason why you're applying for this job or submitting your resume is because you are seeking for an opportunity, is because you are interested in applying for the role. And so utilizing that real estate on your resume to re-irritate that, it's pointless. And also it just makes you come across as very junior because you are essentially not really coming across as somebody who can precisely communicate who you are as a candidate. And believe it or not, I've seen these on very tenured and very senior job seekers. So don't get discouraged if you are more of an entry-level candidate and have this. It's not just entry-level. I've seen this in executive roles as well. 
Now, if you're really caught up with this and you do want to do a quick introduction prior to your experience, you can have an executive summary. Executive summaries are essentially a quick synopsis or an elevator pitch to who you are. However, they can really backfire because if they're not effective or if they're not really doing the job that they're supposed to do, they can take away the attention of the reader and make them flip the page and go to someone else. So you have to make sure that you do know what you're doing when it comes to executive summaries. Now, what is an executive summary? An executive summary is supposed to tell the recruiter who you are, what you do, how many years of experience you have, what's your area of expertise, what is your superpower, what makes you remarkable. And within that, all of those things are supposed to be portrayed within four sentences at the max. Four sentences translated into a resume is four lines. It's not like full-on sentences. They're translated into four lines. And that's something to keep in mind. When I am reading an executive summary, I don't want to read something along the lines of a strategic leader with, (laughs) it's just really hard to even say it because I've seen so many of that where they feel so generic where you can just copy and paste it for every single job that you can apply to. Although not necessary, I think that you can stick to the executive summary and make sure that it is an effective one. And most importantly, you can think about swapping that every once in a while and make it very tailored to the job that you're applying to. So if in the job description, they're talking about something very specific or they continue to talk about a project or a keyword that keeps coming up in all of the bullet points or all of the description of what it is that they're looking for, make sure that you are mentioning that on that executive summary. Here's an example of what an executive summary could look like. And this is from a recruiter herself. Her name is Amy Miller. She is on LinkedIn. I will link her LinkedIn profile down below. And she calls it a summary of qualifications, which is essentially what an executive summary is. She says, talent acquisition professional with over 15 years experience as a recruiter and recruiter leader, providing consultative approach to working with hiring managers and senior leaders in developing outreach and recruiting strategies. Right below that, she then bullet points a few things that are very important to the job that she was applying to. Comprehensive knowledge and to-end recruiting lifecycle, excellent negotiation, interpersonal management communication skills, advanced skills in internet search, sourcing and data mining, ATS, CRM usage, and then something personal that she wanted to talk about, which is she's a blogger, and then she put her blog in there, national speaker and presenter. Now, the last one's definitely not important, but the first three are very, very important to highlight. Why? Because the top one is very high-level hypnosis of who she is, and that can be told throughout her resume regardless. So is that necessary? Absolutely not. But the three bullet points that I just mentioned are important because they are most likely touching on the points of the job that she's applying to. They most likely were talking about somebody who needed end-to-end recruiting lifecycle experience. They most likely were looking for somebody who has experience in negotiation, who has very clear communication skills. And although I am more of a fan of talking about communication skills and the type of soft skills within your bullet points as opposed to calling it out verbatim, but that's for another day. And then probably within that job description, most likely they were asking for sourcing, data mining, ATS, and CRM type of background. So all of those things are already called out in the very first top of the page of that resume. That's what I mean when I talk about 
an effective executive summary. So that is why if you are going to use one, use it effectively, use it intentionally, and make sure that you are targeting the things that are within that job description. Hey, career reviewer. I'm interrupting myself because I have something super exciting for you. I want to give you a free resume review. This usually goes for $387. You can check out the link to book a regular call on the show notes. This offer is exclusive to my podcast listeners, and I do these reviews on IG and TikTok lives every week. All you have to do is leave an Apple or Spotify podcast review, take a screenshot of that, and send it over to careersinreview at gmail.com. That email is careersinreview at gmail.com. In that email, you're going to go ahead and attach that resume that you want me to review. Be sure to remove any personal identifiable information and give you permission to review that on a live. And I will give you all the personalized tips on how to make that resume better so that you can apply for the job you want. If you can make the live on the scheduled time, do not worry because I'm going to go ahead and send you the replay. Now, back to the show. Mistake number two that I have seen in these 100 plus resumes I reviewed in the last two, three weeks are task-oriented responsibilities. So an example of this is when you are writing your bullet points and you're only concentrated on doing a laundry list of the things that you are currently executing at your job. An example of this could look like offer support to community members. When you read that, that makes you ask yourself, what type of support? What type of community members? How many? How often? What skills were being utilized during this support? All of these questions come to mind and how is this support that was being provided able to be helpful to the company that's going to hire you, potentially hire you? So an alternative here is essentially companies care about the impact that you can provide to them. How is that going to be translated to the job that you're applying to? And so showing impact driven bullets through metric driven achievements is going to be super, super important. Now, how do you do that? I love the formula of what did you do? How did you do it? And what was the outcome? So that's the who formula. Now I have my friend Morgan that was already in this podcast. We talked about resumes. I believe he was podcast episode 34. If I'm not mistaken, I'll link it in the show notes, but I've been using the HE uh, acronym, which is the what, the how, and the impact. But then she was like, oh, you know, I've used the WHO formula. I was like, oh, I like that acronym a lot better. So I've been using the WHO formula, thanks to Morgan. So again, it's the what, what did you do? How did you do it? And what was the outcome? It doesn't matter in which order you put those things in your bullet point. Because people get hang up. It's like, oh, do I need to put the outcome first or the outcome later or the what in the middle or the what in the beginning? It does not matter. As long as you are telling us what it is that you do, how did you do it and what was the outcome of that? The reason for this formula is because it does not matter what it is that you did. It's always going to have a transferable type of feel to the job that you are going to apply to. That recruiter, the hiring manager is always going to be able to visualize how you're able to bring in that one skill over to them. If you're answering phones, now you're telling me that you're answering phones and then you're telling me how you're doing that, right? Whether it's electronically or you know, a physical phone or if you're doing it remotely 
what's the volume of it as well? And then what's the outcome? You know, providing excellent customer service or reducing the amount of people that are leaving the company or canceling subscriptions because you are able to be there for them during a phone call. Things like that. Now you're able to translate that customer service experience through just explaining that you're answering the phones. Now I'm going to use Amy example. And the reason I'm using hers is because she posted her resume on LinkedIn. And I love that she did that. I am mustering the courage to do the same with mine. But essentially, one of her jobs that she's had, she's worked in amazing companies like Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. And one of her bullet points said, let re-engineering management recruitment for YouTube, working closely with aligned sourcing partners and channels teams to provide excellent pipeline of senior level talent. She also says, you know, the average workload that she was working on was between 15 and 20 engineering manager roles and between one to two hires per month. So essentially, she's telling you how many hires she was doing, how many recs she was working on, who she was working with, and what was the reason why she was doing that was the outcome. So take a look at what it is that you're doing. You can do like a journaling dumping exercise of all of the tasks because sometimes it's hard to see the label from inside the jar. Sometimes you have your head down in the sand of doing everything that you're doing and you get confused of like what's relevant, what's not. And as you do that dumping journaling exercise and you take a look at the job description, you're then going to do a quick editing on what can you include, what can you not include. Once you have that and you eliminate the ones that are not relevant, then you can start writing those bullet points the way that I just suggested. Now, mistake number three is sacrificing content and length for the design of your resume. I cannot tell you how many people have submitted their resumes for review and you can tell that they've stuffed information in there that is not relevant just because it looks pretty. Or sometimes they have made it smaller or shorter just because they believe that it has to be one page or two pages. The length of your resume doesn't really matter as much as you think. What matters is the content. Content is going to be queen. And anytime you're going to come and listen to me, you're going to hear me talk about queen, not king, because we are queens on this house. So what I love to talk about is that it's what's on your resume important to the job? Is it important for the person reading your resume to understand? Is it good for context? Do they need to know that? Is it on the job description? If the answer to all of those questions is no, most likely does not need to be on your resume. If it looks pretty, unless you're a designer, probably doesn't need to be on your resume. Resumes need to be functional, easy to read, and easy to scan. Easy to scan with the eyes. Like we don't have robots over here scanning. It's actual people reading it. So if it's easy for them to scan really quickly, easy for them to find information on it. Is it functional? Is it easy to consume? Is there enough healthy amount of white space? Then you're ready to go. Now, before you go, I have a quick gift for you because maybe all of this sounds overwhelming to you and that's normal. Resumes can be a lot to take in. And they also can be super time-consuming as well as frustrating to write. So I have two things for you. One, I have a free resume template that you can use and you can download. All of that's going to be in the show notes. Thank you very much. 
And the second thing is that I wanted to talk about Teal. Teal is a website that I have been using since 2020, since I was unemployed for 18 months. They were a lifesaver. And before you ask, there is a free version that you can use. It's the basic version that you can use for free. There's also other paid tiers. They did not pay me to talk about this. It's not sponsored. However, I do want to say that the link that will be in the show notes, it is an affiliate link. So if you were to sign up through that link, I will get some kickbacks or some commissions from it if you do sign up for the paid version. So just wanted to do that disclaimer. So Teal essentially is a website that has many different opportunities for you to help you during the job search. However, the one that I wanted to talk about specifically is that it has a powered AI resume builder with the technology to pull information for you based on the resume that you feed it alongside the job description that you're going to be selecting. It's going to help you generate professional summaries. It's also going to help you write impact-driven bullet points. It's also going to help you write those cover letters that everybody hates and dreads. And so the reason why I love this the most, the AI resume builder, is because it has a matching mode feature that analyzes your resume effectiveness against the job description that you've provided in order to tell you what the score is at this moment and what are your chances of potentially being scored higher on being talked to or being reached out to. So I love this. Again, I've been using it since 2020, NAS sponsored However, the link that I'm going to be putting in the job description is an affiliate link. Did want you to know that. But you don't have to use my affiliate link. You can just go on a regular Google search and look for TLHQ and that should come up. It's honestly so amazing. Even if you don't need it for the resume builder, they also do have a application tool in which they fill out applications for you. So if you're annoyed about uploading your resume and having to retype everything and have a long application process, Teal also does that for you. Now, something to keep in mind is that it's not compatible with all of the applicant tracking systems. So you will have to just play around with that. But it's super cool. And Teal has an amazing team. They've started a few years ago, and they've made so much progress in their tool, and they truly do care about job seekers, which is what really, really touches my heart. And they do have an amazing mission trying to make the job search a lot easier and accessible for all. So thank you so much for, again, coming to another episode. I truly, I am enjoying so, so much doing all of this podcasting, and I feel like I'm finally falling in the groove of everything. The beginning, everything felt so overwhelming, but with the support and the amazing, amazing feedback I'm receiving, all of the awesome reviews that you are leaving on Apple Podcasts are just making my day. I just definitely need to do better at marketing it and telling other people that it exists because I was doing a poll the other day on Instagram and 75% of my Instagram audience had no idea I had a podcast and I have over 35 episodes. And so shame on me. I'm going to do better on that. So thank you all so much for your support. If you are liking the podcast, if you're learning something new, make sure to share, make sure to send it to your friends and family and anybody who might be needing it or who need the support right now with their job search. And if you are also enjoying it, make sure to leave a rating as well as a review. I would so much appreciate that. And until the next one, I will see you next week. From effective networking to landing job offers, this is the podcast for action takers ready to be the best they can be without any fear. 
This is the Careers in Review podcast. Make sure to never miss an episode of Careers in Review. Subscribe to our podcast newsletter. You will receive exclusive information about upcoming shows, transcripts, and information about our guests. For all resources mentioned, show notes, transcriptions, and more details regarding topics discussed in today's show, please visit the Careers in Review website, www.careersinreview.com slash podcast. You can also follow Careers in Review on all socials for more exclusive video content. Thank you for listening.